to Making Disciples. My name is Chris and I am your host. Warm, warm welcome to you today. Thank you so much for spending this time with us as we discuss another discipleship topic. Now, today's topic comes from a listener who direct messaged and said, love the podcast, uh, love what you guys talk about. Uh, Can I ask a question? And then he went on to say, what happens when a Christian sins? Does it mean God no, no longer loves them or that they have lost their salvation? Oh, what a great question. Essentially three things, that, you know, what happens when we sin as Christians? Does it mean God no longer loves us? Is, is there a consequence to it? And then this, you know, can you lose your salvation? Yeah, this is great questions thank you so much for sending that in and uh, really appreciate that you've taken the time to do that i'm saying that as if i haven't spoken to the listener actually we've been dming backwards and forwards on, on this particular topic um but yes we're going to look at that today uh, i thought it'd be really fun for us to spend a little bit of time looking at sin in terms of uh what does it mean you know once we're a christian once we're saved then we go and sin again you know what's what does that mean uh, and what are the consequences of that uh, what is salvation anyway you know, what what is that thing so that's what we're going to explore today um two quick things number one hey i'm sat here sipping a coffee that one of you has paid for so massive thank you uh to those listeners that have supported the podcast uh, in the last 12 months by buying us a coffee the link is in the show notes it's just a really lovely way of blessing us you know we don't charge for the podcast um we spend time preparing recording editing and all of that each week uh, to put this out so just one of the nice kind things that you guys have done is is to buy us a coffee so thank you i'm sat here with my coffee that one of you guys has paid for uh, some point last 12 months so big thank you uh, for that uh, the second thing is hey lent is fast approaching and boy lent starts really soon it's it's only uh mid February um, so it's only a couple of weeks away but if you want to explore discipleship further as a church love you and would encourage you to champion to your church leaders making disciples great for small groups great as a Lent course uh, great as a general church program for Lent four weeks before Lent or five weeks you know then a couple of weeks after Lent so that's making disciples uh, which you can get the workbook on the website and the other thing is the Apprentice to Jesus book uh, that we put out a few years ago um, it's 40 days you get to read uh, basically a section uh, of that book each day and it's got a little Bible passage thought and something to do and uh, it helps you explore your discipleship uh, through what is the 20 questions that we ask on the discipleship assessment tool so if you've never used that book or you've used it you've got it on your shelf you want to use it again encourage you to do that Uh, I actually did I reused the book last year uh, myself personally and uh, just thought it was really helpful for me last Lent having something to help me journey through so I'd love to encourage you that both uh, of those uh, books you'll find in the show notes as well in, in the episode. So let's jump in as we start. We're going to talk about dealing with sin as a Christian. You know, what happens when Christians sin? Does it mean God no longer loves them? And uh, could can we lose our salvation? That's what we're going to explore today. If you have a question that you are sat on that you would love to think a little bit more about together, DM me, direct message me, email me. Uh, you know, I would love to take any questions you've got and use that uh, as the, the basis of a podcast episode. So please do share those with me. Let us jump in today then as we talk 
about can we lose our salvation? Dealing with sin as a Christian. Well, surely when you become a Christian, everything in your life is perfect now. Surely it's all fine and life's going to be easy. Hey, it's just not, is it? Come on. And I like to think of discipleship less as as a straight line and more like a spiral. Uh, So if you think of a road and a straight road, discipleship was like that straight road. You would leave your old self behind and you would walk forwards and there'd be no there'd be no shadows uh, from your old self in your new self. And, you know, Paul often talks about leave your old self behind, your new creation. Uh, and that is the kind of language we have in Scripture. But what I find with that is it's really hard because uh, when you come to fail again as a Christian, you end up going, well, this obviously hasn't worked. Like, surely uh, if I was a perfect Christian now, then these things wouldn't happen. The temptation wouldn't be there. I like to think of discipleship and our faith journey more like a spiral. Uh, the cross is at the, the centre of the spiral and we as disciples are moving around Christ. We're on this journey spiralling around towards him in the centre. And there are times in your life where you'll hit the same issue or problem or you know, a part of your sinful self. You'll come across that issue again and when you see it as a part of a spiral when you hit that issue again you can say to yourself am i going to deal with it better this time than i did last time am i closer to jesus this time than last time am i going to as i slip up will i slip up faster in terms of getting back on the discipleship journey quicker you know with a friend of mine uh, who was an alcoholic uh, you know, he became a Christian, he got clean and he was clean for a year and then he had a slip up and it slipped up for two months. And we worked with him, we loved him, we cared for him and we got him back uh, into um, getting clean and then got back onto the journey of being a disciple. It was fine for two years and then he slipped up again. And the question was, well, this time are you going to slip up for as much as you've done, you know, like last time? And actually he, he slipped up for two weeks. And we were able to get him back on to uh, that journey, got him clean. And uh, and then he slipped up last year and he slipped up once and he recognised it fast and he responded quick, that quicker than he'd ever responded before. And he got himself the care that he needed. He, he, he uh, stopped drinking very quick and was able to get himself back on the journey towards Jesus. And what I love about it, you know, first time he slipped up, two months. Second time was like two weeks. The third time was just once. And because he's moving towards Jesus, he's been able to handle his sinful self differently each time. Every time he has tripped up, fallen, made a mistake, he's been able to be better, quicker, more responsive, and be able to move towards Jesus in the center. So for me, discipleship is not a straight line, it's a spiral you will come across your sinful self time and time again the question is are you dealing with your sinful self differently this time to the last time so i find that particularly helpful so the question is that we've been asked today is this what happens when a christian sins then there's a consequence question over uh does it mean god no longer loves them interesting and then the other consequence question is this do you lose your salvation so let's just ask this question first what happens when a christian sins 
well, the question is, uh, how? what do you mean by a Christian? Because we're all very different. Uh, some Christians sin and they allow that to just take over and rule their life. Uh, or, you know, think about this spiraling thing. You know, there are some Christians who they come across some sinful, sinful self and they deal with it better this time than they did last time. And the fact that they've sinned just means that this time around they repent faster. Uh, they get up quicker. And to answer this question, what happens when a Christian sins? Well, what, what does happen? You know, we fall short like we have always done because we are broken, sinful people who Christ is putting back together. But that full completion of being the full full new selves, the new creation, that, that, that time when that really comes to fruition will be the, the time when we, we arrive in glory. You know, until that point, the battle has been won. Uh, but there are still consequences. There, there's still an outworking. You know, I love it when Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's a sense of, as sinful people coming to know Jesus, we're working ourselves out. We're working out our salvation. We're working out, how do I deal with this better? How do I manage uh, those lusts, those cravings, those wants, those desires that I might have, the foolishness that I have? How do I work that out how do i deal with that the consequences of that and i would say that's a lifetime's journey so what happens when a christian sins well god turns to us and with the same love and compassion in his heart when he first forgave us forgives us again you know that's what god is about you know so the question is does that mean that god no longer loves us totally not totally not god's love is never ending it's it, it is always present as we turn to him his love is always fierce and true and there for us i would have a little challenge to us and say look there's a danger though that we squander that love and we go do you know what god will forgive me so i'll do it again because he'll just forgive me and as long as i keep saying sorry he'll, he'll keep forgiving me so i can keep doing what i want look that's called cheap grace that's cheapening the grace of God. You know, when God says to us, you are forgiven, I love you, you're my son, my daughter, you are forgiven, we need to be careful that we don't respond back to him with cheap grace. Oh, so you forgave me. Therefore, if I do it again, you're going to forgive me again, aren't you? So I might as well just keep doing it because you'll just keep forgiving me. Cheap grace. So what happens when a Christian sins? Well, actually, what I would say is what should happen is we get faster to say sorry to God and we work out how to not go there again. Let's not go there again because anything else but that is what you would describe as cheap grace. So does it mean God no longer loves us? Not at all. But then this question is really interesting. Uh, can a Christian lose their salvation? Can a Christian lose their salvation? Interesting one, isn't it? I'm going to look at three different ways of approaching that question. Before I do that, let's just define what do we mean by sin? What do we mean by sin? What is sin? Well, sin is our behaviours, our actions that separate us from God. You know, sin is first seen in the garden of eden with adam and eve as they hide from god's presence 
So sin isn't just something that we do. It's also the consequences of that is that we end up hiding from God. Sin damages our relationship with the creator. So what we see with Adam and Eve is the sin wasn't just the eating of the apple. The consequences of that sin was the fact that they then hid from God. And that's what you and I do, isn't it? We uh, do something silly. We slip up. We say the thing. We do the thing. We act in the way. We consume the thing. Um, we pursue something we know we shouldn't. And then we we feel foolish. So we then hide from God. And this is this is what sin is and the consequences of the consequences of sin is it damages our relationship with our creator so we've got to recognize that sin isn't just what we do it's also that it means that we hide from him we're now avoiding him because of what we've now done we know do you know what he's he's not gonna be happy with this so i'm gonna hide as we see with adam and eve so as christians we aim to live obediently but we do sometimes fall short and we've got to watch ourselves and say, you know, what am I doing that's damaging my relationship with God? But also, how is that that damage to relationship with God? How, how much am I now hiding from him? The word sin, friends, it comes from uh, it's an old archery term. And in ancient Greek, uh, it's the original meaning would be uh, to miss the mark missing the mark or falling short of a target so when we sin we miss the mark of perfection we miss the mark of perfection and god is god wants us uh to be perfected whole uh fully ourselves in him but when we sin, we we miss the mark. We're no longer hitting the mark of that perfection. So just think about uh, as we kind of explore, uh, diff- you know, can we lose our salvation? Just keep in mind what sin is. It's the falling short of our target. It's hiding from God. Uh, it's it's no longer allowing our relationship with God to be as fulfilled as God wants it to be. So can we lose our salvation is a really deep theological topic that varies from Christian denominations. Depending on the denominations, uh, will approach this differently. So different branches of Christianity hold different views on the nature of salvation, what it can be. Uh, you know, can this be, can can salvation be lost? So let me answer this question. You know, what is salvation? Um, salvation is freedom from our sinful self and, and, and the consequences of that, uh, you know, eternal damnation, uh, eternally living out of relationship with God. So salvation is freedom from our sinful selves and the consequences of that. But it's not just, so salvation is not just salvation from our sinful selves salvation is also to to move us towards something salvation is also towards new life new life filled to its fullest potential okay so salvation is freedom from our sinful selves but it's also towards new life towards new life that's what salvation is if we truncate it or shrink it we can then have some very strange ideas about it 
So what I'd like to do is approach uh, the theology of salvation from three perspectives. Uh, one that I'd call the Reformed theology, one that I describe as the Armenian theology, and the other would be a middle ground theology. Okay, so let's explore this. So number one, the first perspective we're going to explore it through is what you would title it as the perseverance of the saints. And it comes from a more reformed theology. Okay, and in this line of thinking, it's believed that once you have said yes to Jesus, you are now adopted into the, the household of the saints. You are now, your name is written in the book of life, and you are now a part of God's salvation, part of his tribe, a part of his people. Your name is written down. So according to this view, um, once a person is, is truly saved, who's really accepted Jesus, uh, they will persevere with their faith. Yes, they may make mistakes. Yes, they may fall. Yes, they may sin. But they're going to persevere with their faith until the end. And therefore, they cannot lose their salvation. And so within this theology, God saves those that he wants to save. And then once you are saved, you can't lose it no matter what you do. So there's a lot of ethical debates and discussions around this particular thinking. You know, what happens if you go on having accepted Jesus to commit a murder? Uh, are you still saved? That line of theology would say, well, yes, you are, because your name is written in the book of life. Uh, and that you are a part of God's salvation plan because you've accepted him. And through that exception... You've now got adoption, your name is written in the book of life, and you're in. So that's that will be a more reformed theology. And friends, I am really caricaturing here. So some of you who may come from a more reformed theo theological background might say, yes, Chris, but you've, you've mentioned, I'm just, I'm trying to give us like broad brush strokes here, okay? The second approach would be what I would describe as our title as eternal security. So this is an Armenian theology. And it's believed that there is the possibility of falling away from your salvation. And according to this perspective, individuals have the freedom to reject their faith or to turn away from God. Uh, and therefore, they're forfeiting their salvation. So in this line of thinking, you may have said yes to Jesus uh, at some point in your life. But then later in life, you decide to reject Jesus and therefore you lose your salvation. Uh, and therefore it's gone. And there's nothing you can you can do about it unless you turn back to Jesus and you say, forgive me. And then you are adopted back in then. Then you're a part of the family again. Then your name is written in the book of life again. That kind of idea. So within this, there is this perspective that says well actually you might have accepted Jesus at one point in your life but then you've gone on to do nothing about that or you've allowed other things to come along and you you have ended up behaving in such a way that's in contrast to your faith therefore you have lost your salvation so you've got the reformed which is you can't lose your salvation once you're adopted in your name is written in the book of life then you've got this more armenian theology which is yes you can lose your salvation you can forfeit it um and uh you know you can repent again 
uh, but you can lose your salvation even if you accepted Jesus as a teenager but then you do nothing with it the rest of your life yet yes you've lost your salvation then there's a there's another option which is what you would describe as conditional security so this is my third option it's a middle ground and many Christians that I know would probably fall more in this this kind of middle ground maybe so if a person is to turn away from faith or to live in with unrepented sin they might lose our salvation uh, and it's basically condi- it's conditional your salvation is conditional on you keeping up your faith and keeping to continue your faith um so it's kind of something in between the two that says you know the way you keep your salvation is you have to keep uh maintaining it keeping on going with it and and i would say this is kind of where i'm at with this i think you might accept jesus say 16 years old you might be a Christian for 10 years, or 26, but then you deviate from your faith, you leave it behind, you neglect it. Now, for me, salvation is repenting from your sinful self, but it's also moving towards your new self. And it's in salvation, you, you've got the repentance of the past, but also the movement of the future. Are you willing to become your new self? Are you willing to become the person that God actually saved you to be? And this is where this kind of main, maintenance and uh working out your salvation comes in you know it's about every day wanting to become more like the person god has wanted you to become so i would say salvation is something we are working it out it's something we 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 planning now some of us will work it out in very different ways to others uh so it's really careful you know can't be you shouldn't be judgmental of how somebody else is working out their salvation because you know if they they've accepted jesus and they're wanting to it just looks different for each of us doesn't it so you've just got to be really really careful but i would say uh can we lose our salvation well yes uh it it isn't just about getting a ticket to chocolate heaven salvation is freedom from our past but it's also the forming and shaping and, and actively working as a partner with god in his kingdom work there's something that jesus has saved us for we're not just saved from something we're saved to something and therefore we live our lives working out what this is that god has saved us for and how to build his kingdom here on earth so therefore if you're not doing any of that you're neglecting your salvation and you can go as far to say you're losing it because you're just not you're not maintaining it. it's not it's not this is not a relationship that you are committed to it's just a transaction that you've bought into that transaction of eternal life rather than life lived to the fullest today so the reality is friends whichever option you go down around option one two and three the reform theology the armenian theology this conditional security whichever you go down it is super easy to come back to jesus and find new life in him no matter which line of theology you've got to turn to jesus and to say yes to him is the easiest thing we can do now it will cost us because we have to work it out but uh it's it's easy because it's simply about turning to him so how do we do this i want to talk a little bit about repentance then so how do we repent how do we work out our salvation with repentance so four things first confess 
Friends, when we conf- when we sin, we should first confess it honestly before God. You know, it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness. So the first thing is to confess. Forgiveness is found in confession. Confessing to Jesus, this is what I have done. This is who I have been. I have fallen short. I have missed the mark. To confess it to him. It's as simple as that. It does not need to be in a religious gathering. It could be you laid in the bath. You at end of your bed. You know, where you are on a walk. Confessing it. it. And it's not just confessing it. That's where some people get to. You've also got to do this second thing. Repent of it. So repent is the turning away from our sinful self. Repentance literally means to turn around, to go in the opposite direction. Romans 6.12 urges us, Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you uh, so that you obey its evil desires. Repentance is turning the total opposite. It's not allowing uh, evil to stay within. Uh, but it's about us moving in the opposite direction towards Jesus, moving away from temptation Uh and moving towards Jesus and 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 what he has you know I love the idea of turning around repentance being that turning around so confession is us naming but repentance is us now going in the opposite direction so confess and then repent the third thing then is about training um while God's grace covers our failures we are still responsible for pursuing holiness uh, and discipline and integrity and I think we have to, in training for a disciplined life uh, lived for God, we need to rely on the inner work of the Holy Spirit. It's crucial. The Holy Spirit is crucial because the Holy Spirit is at work in us. Friends, just as an athlete, they exercise discipline over their training. There's diet, there's there's lifestyle to excel in that sport. We as disciples of Jesus need, you know, we need self-control. We need to cooperate with God within us. But friends, we have the work of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power in us, where God is going to make a, will make this difference in us. So what does it mean to train? Well, to train is vital, friends. You know, studying the Bible, perseverance in prayer, accountability with other believers, denying of those passions, you know, choosing to say no to those passions that wage war against uh, our holiness. Um, So it's praying, it's scripture, and and it's this perseverance to say, no, I'm going to be accountable for my life. I'm going to deny these things that want to pull me away from what God wants for me. So this is about working out our salvation and uh, it's not about earning God's favor or earning God's blessing. This is about us putting ourselves into spiritual training to become the people that God wants us to be. And for us to do that, we do need his divine power. We need his Holy Spirit to be at work in us. So, yes, we confess. Yes, we repent, turn around, go the opposite direction. And then we go into training, equipping ourselves to say no to all the things that will trip us up we're going to training and then the, the final thing i would say around uh, this would be walking closely so i love it in the the um genesis one adam and eve were always designed to walk closely with god and sin was the thing that took them away in the other direction and he couldn't find them sinful selves don't walk closely with god and god wants us to walk closely with him because in that place of walking closely with him 
we get to hear his voice and we get to be formed in his likeness and uh, discipline as we go into training what we're doing by saying no to temptation and uh, and putting ourselves into you know I'm going to avoid the things that I need to avoid and go for accountability we're now starting to walk closely with God and uh, and by walking closely with God he speaks into our lives we get to commune with him we get to hear his voice he gets to form and shape us we get to enjoy God enjoy his presence and in that place we become the truest version of ourselves the 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 new creation Paul calls it of ourselves because we're being formed into the likeness of him that we walk and journey with walking closely with him in the light allows the spirit to transform us our lives start to see and demonstrate the fruits of that walking closely uh, and we start to see his redeeming grace outworked in us so what is confession uh, what is repentance well you know re confess is speaking out loud what we've done repentance is going in the direction discipleship is then going into this training to make sure that we are becoming who God wants us to be and this walking closely with God uh, is where we are formed and where we are shaped and where we are transformed so as a follower of Jesus when we've said yes to him and we've experienced his salvation it's not just salvation from our past it's also salvation for our future as we move towards new life and that's where the training and walking closely with God is so important. So I hope that's been interesting for you on different ways of approaching this. Uh, I would love to hear your views on this. You know, is there any particular uh, view that you have on this reform theology, Armenian theology, you know, this conditional security? Um, would you want to add anything into that? I'd be really interested to hear. If you've got a question that you are sitting on, let me know i'd love to hear uh, what your questions are uh, it's really nice when you get questions from listeners that you can really uh, dig deep into in, a, in an episode so there we go so friends until next time grace and peace have a blessed week and i look forward to speaking to you soon